Hello and welcome to From the Rooker Inn, brought to you by The Athletic. My name is John, with me today is Mike. Hello, hello. And we're joined today by Jacob Colshaw from the WD18 YouTube. How's it going, guys? Very good. And we're going to sit in and chat about what's been going on this week. It's not not quite in that place where we're, we're ready to preview what is the return of the Premier League. But there's certainly, as always, uh, as we've learnt through this lockdown, plenty going on at Watford. And the biggest news, Michael, is the new two-year contract uh, that Ben Foster has signed for the club. Can only be a good thing for a man who can wear spandex like he can. Can I just shock you? I'm going to be cynical. Oh, and I'm glad someone else posted it on Twitter. And apologies if um, apologies, I can't remember who it was. But the thought <laughs> did cross my mind as well. I said, right, we've we've basically tied him down to two uh, two year contract to make sure we can sell him when we get relegated. I was only being half serious. I think, I mean, I think it is potentially it is part of the it was part of the thinking behind it. It's a quite a generous contract for uh, for someone of, uh, of Ben Foster's age. Perhaps the fact he's a goalkeeper means he can be a little bit more more generous. I think uh, goalies do tend to go on longer. But yeah, ultimately, it's absolutely fantastic news. It's just the sort of it's a bit of a Philip, isn't it? Really going back into this this restart because he was the, probably the one out of contract guy that you'd really like to to think is coming back to, to Vicarage Road next season. He's been absolutely Absolutely fantastic for Watford this year. I've said it before. I don't know quite how bad our situation, how worse even our, our situation would have been if it wasn't for for Ben Foster. I saw a couple of people um, when Watford announced the, the contract extension, mentioning that save up at Sheffield United. Mm. Uh, someone described it as defying physics, and it, and it almost <laughs> did. And I think that summed up Ben Foster really this this season. And I think you know you mentioned John. We're not quite there yet. We've got another just under two weeks and, and, until the until the season starts. But we are starting to look for for little good news stories, things that can uh, little indicators that the the camp is in a good place. And 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 Ben Foster signing a, a two year deal is is really good for supporters. And I think it shows that he's he's got faith in the in the club and and the squad and his teammates. Hopefully, so yeah, well deserved for Ben Foster. Brilliant, shrewd move by by Watford. And and just as a as a as a Watford supporter, absolutely delighted at the prospect of uh, securing Ben Foster's services for for potentially another two years. Been absolutely brilliant this season. Yeah, because the the montage that was on the uh, the Twitter video the club put out it was you know it is like watching uh, a striker score some amazing worldy goals with all the saves he sort of he, he makes but it, yeah we talked about before a couple of weeks ago when this you know the whole idea of oh actually we might have to have these contracts we spoke about it with Adam he was Adam's Watford player of the season not for just those amazing saves but also for the fact that he is a club man you know he gets it um, and he does you know, almost beyond uh, what most of the players do in terms of being a Watford uh, club man, which is fantastic. But the other one, Jacob, you know, the the fact that Maps and Holobas and Gomez have, have now sort of signed extensions that get them to the end of the, well, whenever the, the I think their contracts are signed to the midnight of the last game of the season. I think that's the way they keep talking about them. Um, are they just, do you think that they're, they're going to have an impact, do you think? Or are they just there just in cases? I think with Gomez, Maps and Holobas is very much a case of backup. Um, I think we've seen that throughout this season. The, the lack of involvement from all three of them really uh, suggests they're not going to be in the, f- the first names on the team sheet. But I think it's important to, to tie them down because, of course, they're free to go um, if we hadn't have done so. But I think the bigger question now is, and I kind of assume that they were going to extend, is what's the plan now following this season? I don't want to look too far ahead, but is this going to be another one-year deal for them? Because it, it's raised debate on Twitter, as Mike said, that... 
Gomez, I know Adam mentioned it in his piece recently, uh, he's been linked with an ambassadorial role with the club, which I'd like to see him get involved with. I think Mariapa is someone who I'd like to keep just purely to as a, as a squad player, really, provides sufficient backup. But I think Holobas is the one which could go either way, because I think it is the right time for Jose Holobas to move on from Watford. He's been a great servant, a fantastic servant. Um, he's coming up to 36 now, and Messina's been brilliant this season. Uh, we've got also, I don't know if you've m- mentioned him before on the pod, but Purvis Esputinan, if I pronounced that correctly. He's been on loan at uh, Osasuna this season as well. So we've got talent in that left-back spot, and it's nothing against Jose Holobas, but... I think he may have to move on after this season, but we'll have to wait and see. But also to mention, Kiko can fill in at left back, so there are options in that position. I do. We do. I mean, we do have to. I guess, do we? I think we do have to consider the fact that we might be a championship. Uh, football it didn't club next take year. long. We can't. We're not thinking that yet, Michael. <laughs> Come on. Every opportunity as football gets closer, the more uh, the more pessimistic I'm getting. I can feel it happening, and I've tried to train myself out of it. I've tried. I can't do it, so there's no point fighting it. We might as well just uh, just go with it, and I'll leave it for you guys to to pull me up. But you know, I, I just the thought of um, Jose Holobas in the um, in the championship is is giving me cause for absolute delight, just sort of rampaging around, um, booting unsuspecting strikers up in the air uh, every Saturday and Tuesday for for a season. But I, I, I think Jacob's right to point out that there is there is cover. If someone like Fomenia is interesting. Could we hold on? Could we hold on to him if we were in the championship? Is is the question? And I think a lot of it, um, it will will depend on on what division we we end up playing in. But yeah, I think I, I make Jacob right. I'd, I'd like really like to see Gomez. I don't think his playing career at Watford should be extended. I think what Watford have gone mm. back up, um, and I think there's a lot of surprise this year that, that either Backman or um, Dahlberg weren't promoted to, to number two. Um, there's obviously reasoning and, and thinking behind it, but I think to, to put that off for that succession off for another year would, in my opinion, be be a mistake. I think there's high hopes for for both goalkeepers, and we've got to start showing some some faith in those guys and to give Horelio uh, Gomez. Another extended year's contract, I think, would send potentially send out the, the wrong message. Nothing against Aurelio, of course, and as Jacob rightly mentions, an ambassadorial role I think would be be helpful. I think he's a big character around the uh, around the dressing room. He's proved that he can be um, helpful with putting an arm around shoulders, particularly with uh, with Al Pedro and um, Richarlison when when he came. So I think he can play a role, but I think it's important that that his his playing career at Watford is is brought to a halt and. Yeah, I mean, it just opens up the can of worms, doesn't it? It's, it's probably, it's, it's, I think all eyes will be on the, on the, on the transfer strategy. I think people will, will point to the fact that we haven't potentially strengthened defensively enough. And I know there's certain Watford supporters who haven't been that impressed with the, with the transfer strategy. I think it's going to be even made all the harder by the fact that the season's ending much, much later. We're going to be a very, very strange summer. And at this stage, we don't know what division we're going to be in. So there's a lot of sort of different, Things feeding into that that strategy that's going to potentially make it uh, make it all the harder. But it's going to be interesting. But I'd like to. I, I agree completely with Jacob. Keep keep maps on for because I think he's good backup. Holobas and, and Gomez. I think their 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 time in, in a Watford shirt has potentially uh, come to an end. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Well, who will be in that starting eleven when we play Leicester? Uh, it, it's quite hard to know. We know that pretty much everybody seems to be fit. They've had plenty of time to get over any injuries. The only one who, of course, is out is Delefeu, uh, but there was a lovely uh, sort of 
collection of him working hard in the gym on the club Instagram <laughs> yesterday, which always makes you feel a bit better. But, you know, the, someone sort of posted on a Twitter account, at Watford Podcast, who's going to be the starting 11. And the, the starting 11 for the last game, fostering goal, Messina, Cathcart, uh, Cabaselli and Firmina at the back, Caps and Will Hughes in the uh, slightly further back midfield, uh, then Bobby P, Dukes, Zar and Dini. I mean, is there anyone, Mike, for you who is like, yeah, of course, they're, of course they're still going to be in that squad. How, how many of those, I suppose, do you think are absolute dead certs to be in the first starting eleven? Uh, front and the back, absolutely nailed on. Assuming Troy Deeney's fit, he, he'll be, he'll be on the team sheet. He's club captain. Ben Foster between the sticks. We've already, we've already mentioned him and how important he is. So those two, I think you can, you can absolutely nail on. Um, Saar. Absolutely extraordinary. He's going to be uh, play a huge part in 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 the next nine games. So they'll be looking to get him in up and running straight away. Uh, Decore and Capu, I think, absolutely nailed on as well. Defensively, you can you can mix and match it. I think, can't you? I think Messina is 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 in possession of that left back slot. But for the others, it could it could be anything really. I think Cathcart probably would would be disappointed not to play, and similarly Cavaselli. But uh, we wouldn't be surprised. You know, th- things gonna, are going to happen. There are, I think people are going to pick up injuries. I think players, not just Watford players, have posted on social media that there is a little concern about injuries and and how fit everyone's going to be um, as they ease themselves back into uh, into first team action. So we will have to wait and see. Well, there's two you haven't mentioned so far. You haven't mentioned Bobby P yeah. or Will Hughes. Yeah. So, Jacob, how close are those, you think, to being like dead certs? I think with those two, I think Will Hughes is a definite to start for me. I think he's been phenomenal uh, since Pearson's come in, dropping him in, into a more deeper role. And I didn't mm. think Will Hughes had that side to his game, that physical side, but he's mentioned it before in interviews that he really enjoys the 50-50 tackles, getting stuck in. And we saw it against Liverpool, against Manchester United, where he was absolutely phenomenal. He was running that midfield alongside Capoue. And I didn't think he could kind of drop back into a deeper role because we've been used to under Havi him playing out, out wide on the right and he's done a job defensively and offensively at times as well. But certainly I think we're seeing the best of Will Hughes in a deeper role. So I'd definitely start him. I think the one position where it's up for debate is Roberto Pereira because yeah. Roberto Pereira's been linked with a move away. Um, whether his head's really at Watford, I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm pretty much certain he's going to be leaving at the end of the season back to Italy as Udinese have been linked. And that would make sense, that move. But... The left-hand side, you've obviously got Ignacio Pacetto as well, who could do a job. And we've seen glimpses of him um, coming off the bench, and it's been difficult. It's always difficult with players who come in um, from January to really settle in the Premier League particularly. But he's, there's been glimpses of him, particularly defensively. He likes to get stuck in as well. And the, the predicament Watford are in at the moment, we need players like that. And I think he'd be someone who could be considered by Pearson in the, uh, in the next round of games. Do you know, Jacob, what, what about Welbeck perhaps taking the claim for, for out there on the left? <sighs> It's difficult. I think with the system that Pearson plays, it very much relies on on players working back as well. And I don't think uh, I don't want to be too harsh on Danny, but I don't think he has the defensive mind to play that mm. role. Pereira is probably a safer bet because he's played out wide before. He knows what that role is, and I think it'd be a risk uh, from Nigel and, and Craig Shakespeare to to put him out on the left hand side, unless you wanted to change the system and go to a four four two. But this forty three ones worked really well um, mm. so far. So I think the the two options you've got are Pacetto and Pereira. And I think Welbeck's definitely an option, say if we're behind and you want to bring another body on, someone who's going to be a bit more physical up front with Troy. But I think Pereira and Pacetto are probably the two he's got in mind. 
I, I agree with you. I think I think Pereira will will leave Watford in the in the in the summer, regardless of of how the season ends up. And I just think this the start to this little mini season is going to be so so important. The teams that get off to a good start are going to survive. The ones that don't won't. I think that's that's the long and the short of it. You need to get momentum straight away. And I just have so many question marks over. And this is only a personal thing. It's oh, easy for us as as supporters to to sit here and cast aspersions. But I do have question marks. Uh, over over Pereira and his, and his commitment, quite frankly, and whether he's going to have mm. the guts for this sort of mini mini nine game scrap. And with that in mind, I do wonder whether Jacob's suggestion of Paceto over there on the on the left might be a um, a better option. So he's got something to prove. He he's you know he's shown willing to to, to get stuck in, hasn't he? And I know that's very reductive. It's a very basic thing to say. Oh, you <laughs> want to see a player get stuck in, but you've seen him do it. You know, against Tottenham, he saved us a point, didn't he, with that incredible um, mm. last ditch tackle? And you, to look at him, he doesn't look like that type of player, but he does look like someone who's willing to to grasp the metal and. Um, I just don't think we can afford to carry anyone and I think he's got something to prove Pereira's probably packed his bags already, um, apologies to Bobby P if that's if I've got the wrong end of the stick but that's my, my take on it and I just think with five subs being being used perhaps you can bring Pereira on as as more of a luxury if we need that little bit of flair and talent um towards the end of a, a match um and, and, and likewise Danny Welbeck perhaps as, as Jacob points out because I think it's unlikely that um that Nigel Pearson is going to change the system unless of course he wants to shake things up and and perhaps get that early momentum by surprising a few people but I but I doubt it I just have I just have reservations about Pereira and whether he can deliver in this strange atmosphere and just highly charged pressurized pressurized times we'll have to wait and see I guess yeah but Jacob come on let's let, let's go a bit more with the rovers about this okay who you, you know, you said Pacetto already and you think, yeah, that's that. You know, imagine him, you know, getting his Roy the Rovers moments, even more of them after clearing the line against Tottenham. But who else do you think is going to have, because these five subs, they're going to have, you know, a good couple of super sub appearances oh. that don't normally get in there. Colin on the, on our WhatsApp group, he's, he's obsessed with the young lads. Is there, who do you think is going to be the, yeah, have their Roy the Rovers moment in these last nine games? Well, I think we had a couple of Roy the Rover moments last season with Andre Gray when he came off the bench. Sorry, uh, can I just check, Jacob? You do know who Roy the Rovers is? Because I know you're much younger than us. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I've heard of the phrase. I'll be honest, I don't know the context, but I know, I know the phrase. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we had a few of those moments with, uh, Andre Gray last season when he came off the bench against Leicester. Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to, to replicate those sort of performances. But, um, I think Danny Welbeck is someone, as Mike said, there's players that need to, need to prove themselves. And I think Pacetto's one of them. I think Danny Welbeck's another because he's been, had a terrible luck with injuries. Um, and he hasn't really been given a fair opportunity just purely on that. You can't risk Danny starting Danny Welbeck because we saw it away at Tottenham. He only lasted four or five minutes. So th- th- those sort of players have definitely got an opportunity to prove themselves and, and really become, and not to over-exaggerate, but Watford heroes because just because of the climate at the moment, the predicament we find ourselves in the league, there's an opportunity for players to really assert themselves in this lineup. And I think... Danny Welbeck does, an, does have an opportunity to prove himself. Um, I mean, someone suggested to me Isaac Cess put him on the bench and I don't know whether that's an option for Nigel Pearson, but I guess he brings something different. He's a bit of an unknown quantity. He hasn't played in a long time, but I don't think he'll be really in and around the mix. But uh, I think the one player I do do think could really thrive in this environment is, is Pacetto. I really do believe that because we've seen glimpses of him coming on. He's got an incredible work rate actually on the left-hand side. Um, and I saw it away at Aston Village, right in front of us. He likes to get stuck in. And I think he could be a big player for us, the kind of unsung hero uh, for the rest of the season. 
On it's interesting you mentioned um, Andre Gray, Jacob, because uh, I'll be honest, you completely when you're looking at lineups and, and potential substitute, I've completely forgotten about him. To be honest, mm. thinking about that that first game coming back against against Leicester, and I think he he'll have something to prove. I thought I think this break will hopefully, and every, every team in the same situation will be saying the, the same thing. But I think this break will will serve or should serve to be we can park last season, and it was, it was disappointing for for a lot of players for a number of. Reasons and and Andre Gray was certainly would 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 describe that last season as a as a disappointment. So as a striker, you know what they're they're des- to be desperate to score goals. I think he's got a good relationship with um, with Troy Deeney, and I think he's there's an opportunity for him to resurrect his his Watford career. So him coming off the bench, I think, has got potential. Um, but mm. I'd, 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 so I'm excited to hopefully I'm desperate for him to do well at Watford. I think he's a, I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good striker, and I think he's been unlucky with the way Watford have played. And he's just uh, he's lost a lot of form, and you know towards the end of before the the break he, he just looked a bit lost, didn't he? But now of course he's engaged, he's going to get married, so hopefully that'll give him a bit, <laughs> a bit more settled in his um, in his private life. And uh, we heard Troy talking, didn't we, in his interview, how sort of your your home life is important and how you feel like nice and serene and, and content. So maybe Andre Gray now he's got that uh, finger on. Is it Leanne? His uh, his fiance Leanne, from yeah. Little Mix. Yeah, now he's yeah. got his fing- that that ring on Leanne's finger. Perhaps <laughs> that might uh, be the catalyst to. Uh, uh, I'd love nothing more for, for Andre Gray to, to break onto the scene and sort of snatch four or five goals in these last nine games and help Watford to safety. But also, I do, I hope, and um, I'm with Colin. I do, I do think that there's an opportunity for these youngsters to, to come through and perhaps play a little cameo. I'd love for, for Penny Randa to rescue his Watford career. I, I, I was so excited when Watford signed him, and I think he's another one who's been unlucky. He went out on on various loans that didn't pan out. I don't know how much of that is is down to him. I think he's picked up injuries. At, at some stage as well, it just hasn't worked out. I'd love for his career to be to be rescued, but then perhaps more realistically, is is Pedro, isn't it? We talked about Aurelio Gomez mm. and his importance for for youngsters. Huge, huge, high hopes for for him would have potentially wouldn't have been um, in a match day squad if we didn't have five five substitutions. But it does open it up for for players like him to have that experience. And of course, the benefit we've got the the cat out of the bag, the cat is out of the bag when it comes to Ishmael Assar. Everyone will understand his his pace and and just what he can do to to a team. Not not quite the case with with Penyanda, not the case with with Pedro, and they could be little sort of um, hidden gems that people don't really know how to uh, to defend against and don't know how to to, to react to or set up against. Uh, so it's a, an opportunity perhaps uh, to see how good good those guys are, but definite opportunities for 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 a number of uh, fringe players. Because I my my two that, that literally I haven't seen anywhere else is Yamat and Cleverly. I know that we, we, we've almost named a few of that midfielders an absolute dead cert, but with some more substitutes coming on, uh, they will have more opportunities. And it would be, I think what I want more at this point is from those very experienced players to make sure that they're up yeah. and fit because we've got a lot of games coming very, very quickly. Yeah. Two great players. And sorry, John, I, I'm going to get my negativity out of the way. And then I promise I'll be done. <laughs> out the way. You've all, it hasn't even stopped. <laughs> think of all the players that between Jacob, myself and you, John, we've mentioned over the last 10 minutes or so. And, you know, we didn't, without even mentioning Daryl Yanmat, who is a, is a superb right back and, and Tom Cleverley, who has an absolute wealth of, of mid field experience at international and club level I mean it really is a nonsense that we're in this situation with the squad we've got isn't it unbelievable um, 
it, uh, just to, you know, when you, when you list the players that we've got at, at our disposal, the fact that we're now scrabbling around in this, in this situation, if we hadn't have beaten Liverpool, for oh. heaven's sake, we would, we could almost have been dead and buried. So it really is, um, <laughs> It's so disappointing that we're so many good players um, that we're in this this situation. But yeah, John, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a really key one. I've I've been slightly optimistic talking about the youngsters coming in and, and making an impact. But I think you're right to uh, to be a bit more pragmatic and think, yeah, we are going to need the wider squad and 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 those sort of slightly less heralded players and and Jan Matt and Cleverly are certainly those that no casting no aspersions on their quality. They're absolutely superb players, um, and I think we are going to need those guys to to step up both physically and mentally to. to to guide us through so yeah great shout to, to mention those jobs I think a really interesting point Mike is uh, is with Yanmat as well obviously coming on off the back of a really long term injury and I think actually this might play into his hands on his road to recovery because of course the tempo will be a lot lower in the games and particularly someone who's been playing maybe under 23 football beforehand not having that massive jump into, into the first team so I think it actually might work for players like Yanmat but certainly as, as Mike said the, the experience those two players possess is fantastic and Hopefully, I think particularly cleverly could play a really important part, just not only for his uh, presence on the pitch, but also his presence in the dressing room. He's got so much experience. He's been there before with Aston Villa. He, yeah, he's got experience at, in those sort of situations. So I think uh, those two players particularly um, could be incredibly valuable come the end of the season. Jacob, I think it's really interesting that you mentioned the tempo is going to be slower. And I... I hope it isn't, and you know, I really hope that Watford come roaring out of the traps and and hopefully catch these these teams cold. And I really like to think that the the tempo will be to be that that we've grown to to expect from the Premier League. I don't know how much um, the atmosphere will will play onto that, and the and, and the sort of the whole rigmarole around the games will will obviously be be different. But I'll be fascinated to. It's interesting that that you sort of taken that as read that the tempo will be will be different because. The games will be different in terms of the look and feel, but surely we're expecting the uh, the quality to be well, the quality in inverted commas with Watford sometimes, but the quality <laughs> of the football and the intensity to be the same, aren't we? Yeah, I think uh, it's difficult it's difficult to predict, but I'm getting the impression, particularly with the way it's kind of been built up, it's almost a pre-season vibe. It's almost looking forward to the first game of the season. And I think having that period off, the tempo is going to be. I don't think going to be the same from when we um, when we stopped. I think there'll be certain players that may may thrive, the likes of Saar, who have got pace to burn. I mean, they'll be catching defenders off guard. But I think um, I think the tempo will, will will have dropped just naturally. I think when you have a period off um, in in anything, then you just you're a little bit rusty. Um, and I think getting back to match fitness will be incredibly important for for some of those players, particularly the likes of Yamat, who have had periods out, and and Tom Cleverly as well. Um, but I think it will suit different players. I think. Players, I think it will be a, a slower tempo to start with, but I think particularly players like Pereira, who I think prefer a slower tempo and prefer a lot more technical, whereas players like Troy, who kind of play off the crowd and have a more physical side. I think there, there will be a tempo to the games, but there will be a lack of sharpness. You look at those players and you, we know how much they've been on exercise bikes. You know, their fitness, I think, will be, you know, be able to run and run and run, won't have dropped at all. But it's the sharpness, and that's where someone like Czar, with his with his pace, the fact that a dink and around a sharpness and a match, you know, you say match fit, but actually that's I think that's mental fitness and mental sharpness that that we will be in a massive advantage if Watford go out and play at their high tempo, which you'd expect against some of the teams we've got to play. We are always going to be at the high tempo because we're the ones with something to play for, and we've got several games against teams who have nothing to play for. 
I think you're right, John. And I think what will be interesting to see is whether Pearson maybe changes the style of play because we've been very direct under under Nigel, um, and we've been a very physical side. But do, will there be a change or a shift in the way we play? Will it be more possession pace? Will it be more more of a slow build up? And I think that tempo could actually impact the way we set up the team. I think it'll be the same formation, but in terms of the way where we create chances and will it be more more direct or will it be more possession based that will be interesting to see but certainly I think the tempo will be decreased just because it's difficult to maintain match sharpness and I think okay you can have a good level of fitness but match sharpness just reading the game and I think that might be that'll be an interesting thing to, to look at um, come the come the start of the uh, well the resuming of the season but I think certainly it will be difficult for some players to maybe get back to match fitness. From the rookery end. When this season returns, there's going to be a few less people in all the stadiums. A uh, great thing that Watford have done, they've asked for fans to send in photos and messages. Uh, and uh, as the now tradition of the 1881, there is going to be a lot of banners and signs around the pitch uh, to sort of uh, yeah hide away some of those seats and to, and to give an atmosphere as much as you possibly, possibly could. It's going to be weird, Mike. How's it going to, who, who, let's say, it's going to help the fact that there isn't a crowd there? Who in the Watford squad do you think will thrive without a crowd? I don't think it will impact on the squad as a whole, that's for certain, because I think um, they've, they know they've got a job to do and, there's, and that's it. They, they shouldn't need the crowd to, to lift them. Um, and it was fascinating, wasn't it, watching the Watford, um, the, if you follow Watford on Instagram, they posted a story on... Tuesday, uh, which was a, a behind closed doors, uh, Watford A versus Watford B. Yellow B blue, yeah. <laughs> Yellow B blues. And that, you know, that showed exactly what it was going to be like without any crowd there. You could tell they had Z cars, um, as the teams came out and there was, there was crowd effects that were obviously played in after the goals because there were, um, I think Welbeck scored for the yellows and Will Hughes scored for the blues. And you could see that there was sort of, uh, here, sorry, that there's going to be, um, sound effects played in at, at key events. So that was a, that was a really interesting glimpse behind the curtain. To, to what life's going to be like but I, I would be very very disappointed if that lack of atmosphere initially certainly had a, had an impact on Watford perhaps if you if you're behind one or two nil with with five minutes to go you might you might miss that that boost but um, I wonder whether it's some of those players that have, have got a little bit to, to prove that will benefit most from from not having the crowd there it, for the sake of argument Isaac success who does does get thrown on for <laughs> for some inconceivable <laughs> reason that I think most Watford supporters have have probably had their their fill of Isaac's success, so there might be grumblings when he came on. Similarly, perhaps to a lesser degree with with Andre Gray, whether Pete Watford supporters would agree that he's an answer coming on with with half an hour to go or twenty minutes to go, and whether you get those grumblings, well, that's not going to happen without a without a crowd there. So I just wonder whether whether players who haven't had a great season so far will find it a little bit more um, less restrictive without the, the the crowd on top of them, giving them uh, potentially a little bit of chip. Because you can hear those those murmurings and those rumblings. You can tell the sort of subtle shift in in tone when a player comes on and uh, so yeah I just uh, it might be an opportunity for those with uh, with something to prove Jacob anybody you think you know this lack of crowd will be their kryptonite they'll they're absolutely not fall to pieces but we just won't get the full-on person because there isn't that crowd sort of the playoff I think John the main one is probably Troy and that's not to put Troy down but I think he just thrives with the atmosphere, particularly at Vicarage Road. I mean, even when um, they do the handshakes, he's he's clapping, he's trying to get the he's trying to get the crowd up for it, even before even before kickoff. But I think there's been so many games with Troy where he's had such an impact on the game and 
there's just been a shift in momentum. When you see Troy getting the crowd up for it, he's really engaging with the supporters and he plays off the crowd's energy. It's, it's, there's no doubt about it, whether it works him up in a positive way or a negative way, uh, whether we see a, a rash challenge or him bullying defenders, it's certainly um, the crowd makes a massive impact on his game. So I think he's definitely one where it could impact. I hope it doesn't, of course. But I think Mike's right. It could it could have a detrimental impact, but I, I, I don't think it will. And I think it could, and if you flip it, the likes of Andre Gray and I's success... Those guys do get a lot of stick and we don't want to, let's not hide away from it. I mean, when our success comes on, there's murmurs in the rookery. I mean, it, there's no doubt about it. So if he gets thrown on, it might actually be a, a pleasant change for him. And, and Andre Gray, who, he has a, he has a weak touch and the crowd are on top of him. And there just might be a little bit less pressure for those guys, as Mike said. But I think one player in the starting lineup where it could impact is, is Troy just because of the, the relationship he has with the supporters and his style of play, which is very physical, which is very up in your face, and it works off the crowd's energy. So I think he could be one to, one to particularly look at. I wonder whether it is those forward players who, um, you know, that surging forward, you almost get carried forward on a uh, on a crescendo of noise. Just to say it like I know what it's like to, to play the game, to cheered on by more Mike, than... Mike, uh, Vicarage Road game, come on. He was in goal, he was in goal. And they, they were, they were, you're being very kind there, uh, Jacob, because uh, as you will recall, as painfully as I do, most of the uh, the noise when I was involved were howls of laughter as opposed to uh, as opposed to cheering. But I do wonder whether, you know, you, you think about Ismail Assar bursting forward he beats a man it gets loud he beats another man it gets even louder and you know that adrenaline that just courses through the veins and whether that does deliver an extra sort of couple of percent in terms of their their playing I guess it it, it must do really we know what it's like as supporters um how how it impacts on how you feel how your not just your emotion but how your body feels and and all that sort of stuff so I, I do wonder whether the the attack-minded players might might find it a little uh, a little tougher, and perhaps even the the midfielders where they make a crunching tackle, and you know, uh, f- f- football fans in this country love to see a, a big tackle go in, don't they? They always get that big cheer, and it sort of steals them a little bit. Um, so I did, yeah, I wonder whether whether Jacob's onto something there. Those those forward sort of facing players who that ride that 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 wave of atmosphere might 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 need a little bit more mental strength to to keep going. But uh, I, I keep saying it, but it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see how 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 the players individually react and uh, and the team as a whole. I'm just really hopeful that that Nigel Pearson will have had these conversations with them and, and sort of foreseen that there might be a, a, a it's going to be very very different always remember A.D. Bruthroy taking the, the Watford squad to to the Millennium Stadium the the day before they played in the um, in the championship playoff final just to make sure that they were they were used to it and you know that 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 bore fruit on the day didn't it? you could see the Leeds fans the Leeds mm. players were sort of looking around trying to take it all in whereas Watford were focused and I think hopefully they'll have, have dotted all the I's and crossed the T's when when having the discussions that we're having but more focused going through it with the players this is what it's going to be like this is what you're going to have to do with 10 minutes left you're not going to have the, the fans geeing you up you're going to have to, to deal with it and and you'd hope that they've uh, they've dealt with it as a team and uh, and individually actually what will be interesting to see is defensively because Watford have always struggled defensively from set pieces so maybe the lack of crowd it might be a little bit easier to organise that back line um, because I mean some of the defending not only this season but in previous seasons from set pieces has been absolutely woeful yeah. um, so it might be better for the likes of Foster and, and those leaders at the back Cathcart and Cabaselle to actually organise that back line because it'd be a lot clearer with the communication so that might be something to, to note as well We're the Orns You're the Orns Jacob, you know, WD18, Watford fans would have seen yes. it on YouTube. 
Is it three years? Four? How long are we doing it now? Yeah, so we, well, I started the, the channel back in 2017. It was my first year in sixth form. Um, I didn't think it'd get to this point where I'm still doing it today, but it was really just, uh, just a place where I wanted to vent my Watford frustrations, baby. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, we, we started in 2017, so it's been, what, three years? Three years now. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's grown a lot quicker than I thought it ever would, actually. Um, and I really enjoy doing it. It's, it's a great place for, for me, not only experience wise, because that's the kind of the field I want to go into, but, you know, to, to mix your, your passion and, and a career, a future, um, career path is, is brilliant. So yeah, I'm, I'm loving every, every minute of doing it. You've had some really good um, interviews, sort of like, like much longer sort of form interviews uh, on the channel and on the on a, on a podcast feed. Who, who have you had on? Yeah, so so far we've done we've done three. Um, we've had Jay Demerit on, which was a really good chat with Jay. Um, he's just so such an open book and a really easy talk. And I was I have to admit I was I was nervous for the first one because this is Jay Demerit scored at the the 2006 playoff final, a Watford legend, an incredible story as well. His his um, journey from non-league to to Watford and in the Premier League in the 2010 World Cup. So we just covered everything in his career. We then had uh, former Watford striker Tommy Smith on, uh, which was fantastic. Tommy was a really top guy, and he gave us the uh, insight into his deadline day moves. And then most recently, maybe a man who hasn't really got to tell his story, and that's Jonathan Bond, someone who was on the periphery um, during the seasons uh, with Almunia uh, and Aurelio Gomez. And he basically talked to us about that incredible 2012-13 Pozzo takeover and also the incredible 2014-15 promotion season. So we've had those three guys on. We've got a few lined up as well uh, in the future. Um, but it's going to be busy now with the Premier League returning. But those guys have been great, and it's been uh, fantastic to, to talk to them and share their Watford stories. Uh, yeah, you can get those via the uh, YouTube or, or anywhere you get your podcast, I suppose, by just searching for WD, WD18. Yeah, if you search on YouTube, WD18, um, and our Twitter, at WD18Fans, you can find uh, all of our tweets. And, uh, yeah, we, we'll share interviews on there, but on YouTube, it's at WD18. Well, uh, we're going to play a bit of a game. Now, have you seen on eBay you can buy raffle tickets for every Premier League club player? Have you seen this, Mike? Yes, I have. Yep. Jake, have you seen I it? haven't. So, the idea <laughs> is that they're, they're trying to raise money uh, for NHS charities. Okay. And you go online and on eBay and you buy a £5 raffle ticket for a player in any club in the Premier League, and they've got them all. Um, and you, what you can do is you uh, will get a signed shirt if you win the raffle. Now, the question is, who do you think the most popular Watford player who's oh. sold the most <laughs> tickets? Because I've been through them all, and I can tell you. Or the, uh, true, true, true as when, of Wednesday lunchtime, this is, by the way, in terms of tickets sold. Go on, Mike, who do you reckon? I don't think you'd be asking me if it wasn't obvious. <laughs> so I'm sort of going to do myself out of it. I'm going to say, because... Troy would be the obvious one, so I'm not going to say Troy. Okay. I think Ooh. Ben Foster would be popular because some people will like the goalie shirt. I'm going to go with the man that I think is Watford's sort of star of the future and probably the man on, on everyone's lips. I'm going to go with Tom Dilly. No, I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> I think it will be Sarr. I think it's Mayla Sarr. Well, it isn't. It is, it is Troy Deeney. <laughs> <laughs> He, he is almost double everybody else. Brilliant. Um, I won't tell who everyone else. So here you go. Let, let's see. Let's see. How do you think fans feel about these players? So Mike, Ooh. in goal is so out of goalkeepers, Gomez or Foster. Who do you think got the most tickets? Was it the 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 fame of of Ben Foster more recently, or could someone from Brazil come over and could they get more? Shirts for gamers. Who do you think got the most out of those? I'm not going to talk myself out of this. This isn't a trick question. It's, it's Ben Foster. It is. He's got 50. 
50 tickets sold for Ben so far. Gomez is only 13, so it's quite considerable. Um, in the mid, in the defence, Jacob, uh, Dawson or Adrian Mariapa? Ooh, that is difficult. I'd go Dawson because I think it might be some West Brom ties there, some, some West Brom fans getting involved. No, unfortunately, it's Mariapa. Oh. No, they, 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 actually, there's not a lot. There's not a lot in the defence. Uh, yeah, Matt's on nine. Messina and uh, Jose <laughs> I think that's a representation of the quality, to be honest. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> but they're all fairly even. But who, Mike, do you reckon's got the least out of all the defenders? Who has sold the least number of tickets so far? It doesn't close, by the way, until the 14th of June. Um, but I, you literally, if you go to eBay, if you go to the app, or you have, I think you should be able to find the, the auction on there. The least, I think, because he's been because um, he's been injured for so long. I'm going to say um, our Dutch friend Daryl. No, it's, it's at this point again. At this point, with only seven, Yamat got nine. Uh, is Christian Cabaselli? Oh, really? Yeah. So, if you want to get a Christian Cabaselli signed shirt, you have got a better chance of getting it than you do of an Adrian Marapa one, which has got thirteen sold. Um, Jacob in the midfield, Decore or Hughes? Who's sold the most tickets so far? I would go for Decore, I think. Uh, a lot or just only by a little bit? Oh, I think it's close, but I think Decore, I think. Yeah. You're right. It was actually yeah, right. Yeah, he, 19 uh, for Decore and only 17 for Hugh. So very, very close. Mike, Gerard Delefeu yeah. or Danny Welbeck? <laughs> um, I think uh, Jerry's got more Watford heritage at this stage, so I'm going to go with um, Delightful Delafeu. Unfortunately, it's wrong. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> <laughs> actually, this is, uh, Welbeck is actually the second highest. Okay. He had um, 56. And right. Jerry's well, only got... fans like him, so mm. that doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, and Jerry's only got 31. So, I mean, I'm sort of not surprised that in some ways, you know, Welbeck has played for some big clubs, played internationally. He's probably a bit more well known mm. generally, I think, than Jerry. But, uh, they're both very high, 31 and, uh, uh 56. And Jacob, last of you, who, how many, knowing Ooh. that Foster's 50, Troy's 96, um, Mike thought he was the highest. How many shirts? I'll give you a plus or minus five. Okay. Do you think Ishmael Azar has signed, uh, oh. has sold? I think it's got to be in between Foster and, and Troy. I'm going to go for 67. 43. Ooh. <laughs> he is that's fairly high. Less popular than Foster, wow. If you, if you really want to get a signed shirt, at this point, again, the, the, the auction is open. Many tickets might have been sold uh, since like, we I did this and gathered the information at lunchtime on Wednesday. <laughs> um, but they say it's, uh, the auction uh, for NHS, charity, NHS charities closed 7pm on the 14th. 7pm on Sunday. If you want your best chance of winning a Watford player's shirt or signed shirt by a Watford player it's Tom Delibishiru he's only had four it's worth it's, it's, it's wow. a really good idea because yeah. a lot of these a lot of the times with these auctions it's literally uh, you bid and it's the highest bidder and that obviously prices out the majority of people yeah, certainly absolutely. can't be affording mm. to spend um, thousands of pounds much as I'd like to so it's a it's basically a raffle. It's a five or a, a ticket, isn't it? And you, yeah. you, that's what you're doing. You're buying an, an opportunity. You'd be drawn out of the hat. You can buy a raffle ticket for every every player, I think, yeah. as well on there. I don't know how much that is. But, um, but 150 quid, I think it is, if you want to buy that one. That would make sense. But, yeah, it's, I think it's the Shirts for Heroes campaign, it's it's called. Um, NHS Charities Together. And, uh, yeah, so it's a really good opportunity to to sling a few quid into into a bucket and you might walk um, <laughs> might walk away with a with a, um, with a signed Watford shirt. And, obviously, it's for, for 
an incredible charity and it's i think it's a, a, an opportune moment to say how lovely it was to see that that video that Watford put out in the week of um, uh, of some notable Watford faces uh, volunteering in the uh, at Vicarage Road to, to serving food to the uh, NHS workers, of course, from from next door at, at Watford, Gen- Watford General. Um, Emma Saunders was there, and and Peter Drury was was there as well, of course, a, a Watford fan. And and as always, Peter Drury found some incredible words, really, just just talking about how important the the efforts that Watford have done. Um, in this during this this pandemic in opening up Vicarage Road for for the guys next door and it, he described Watford as a, as a good neighbour and and I urge anyone to to watch it because I can't do I can't do um, I can't do justice to, to Peter's words but he summed up perfectly what a football club should be about it's it's about community it's about what you do when the chips are down for the people um, around you and I, I find that I find that whole thing quite emotional and. and I found it hard over the last couple of months to to get too excited about about football on a daily basis because obviously there's there's lots going on um, personally and there's lots of of people we know who are affected by by what's happening. So football has been has been down the um, down the pecking order a little bit, but that reminded me perfectly about how magical and how important football is and how wonderful Watford tend to be in these situations. So do do check out that video if you if you can and it's just about and Peter Drury describing Watford as being good neighbours in, in, in this in this difficult time. Really, really struck a chord and um just reminded me of the of the power of football and the and the power of our football club and how wonderful it is to to be a part of uh, of Watford. They they just seem to they get it and they, and they get things like this this right. So chance to, to for us to, to chip in a few quid with uh, and win and win a shirt, but also just a, a hat tip to, to everyone involved at Watford who's uh, who's made sure that the club has been able to help out in the way they have. Yeah, no, Adam uh, Leventhal on podcast this week, we had planned to, but he's doing a series of podcasts uh, all about the Premier League countdown to uh, to re- restarting. And he's actually, uh, if you go to the Ornstein and Chapman feed uh, on the podcast uh, apps, wherever you get those, uh, he's actually being uh, doing a, he's interviewing the athletic correspondent for every single Premier League club. Uh, so if we're going to get some inside information, we'll do a podcast next week, a proper preview of where Watford are and where is everybody around us uh, and what this whole run-in might look like. Uh, on the pitch thank you very much Michael you're more than welcome you're absolutely it's been a pleasure as always and thank you Jacob for your time and your first appearance on From the Rooker End absolute pleasure guys thank you very much for inviting me on remember you can get a 30 day free trial of The Athletic by going to theathletic.com forward slash rookery end uh, to have a taster of what The Athletic do before you actually go and buy and subscribe to the site and all their readings about the wide world of sport come on you all Thank you.